You're listening to The Soccer Show, brought to you by Oklahoma City FC and the Broadway Clinic on 1077 The Franchise. Shaw's delivery. What each! Is it? Is it? They're insisting it is! And so it is! Casemiro engulfed! Millimeters in a match of margins! Millimeters in a match of margins. I've heard that before. Not in as fun a context as Manchester United did this week. And this is the soccer show here on 107.7 The Franchise. Ryan Chapman sitting alongside Todd Lisby. As always, Josh Connett on the other side of the glass, keeping us sounding nice, keeping us sounding good, keeping us on the air. Happy Wednesday, everybody. If you're new here, we talk the world's game brought to you by Oklahoma City FC and the Broadway Clinic. Todd? Another fun week of Premier League action. Some interesting results out there. A very boring big match of the weekend between Chelsea and United, which is how those have gone the last five years. Yeah, I had the fun experience of watching the Premier League in the backseat of a Chevy Suburban as we rode up to cover UCO and Washburn in Topeka. So I was watching the Premier League through the Flint Hills of Kansas on Saturday. Uh, Watch City win 3-1 over Brighton. Obviously kind of caught up with everything Saturday night when I got home and then Watch Sunday's action as well. It was a fun weekend, and it got off to a great start uh, with uh, early Saturday with Liverpool yep. and Nottingham Forest. That's the Flint Hills in Kansas brought to you by DraftKings and FanDuel, by the way. Uh, yes. <laughs> well, we, Caesar Sportsbook for me, uh, if, yes. if we're being honest. Uh, I, I and by enjoy, the way, big thanks to Mike Gundy in Oklahoma State football as hey, well for that money line win on Saturday. Out. <laughs> yeah. Shout out. Uh, Caesar Sportsbook's the way to go. Uh, anyway, that's neither here nor there. I will be traveling to Iowa this weekend. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and Oklahoma State fans will be traveling to Manhattan. Yes, yes, and, very uh, fun. I've got a trip next weekend to Nebraska with UCO. So very nice. We'll be we'll be firing up the old apps through Kansas. And, and you know, look, Iowa is a state too. Did you know yeah, that? I know. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And, and look, and we're stopping in Kansas City, so I'll be coming right. all the way yeah, around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you can look, get in a couple. It, it's not the Premier League if you don't have Bet three six five run around the advertising board. It's not the Premier League if you don't have upsets. If you don't have firings and then new manager bounces. Sackings, not firings, remember? Yeah, sorry. <laughs> also, after this, the millimeter joke to start, I was trying to avoid sacks. All good, all good. This is another example, though, of, and I've said this for years now, the Premier League is slowly taking over American sports. Yeah. I remember the first time I ever saw team gear with the coach's initials on it was in the Premier League. And guess what I saw five, six years ago? Bill Belichick wearing a sweater that says BB on it. Yeah. From the Premier League. Look at, go watch basketball, high school, college basketball. You know why everyone wears pink and orange and bright blue shoes? Because they do it in the Premier League. That's how that all started 10 years ago. And once again, the Premier League is coming to other sports. Yep, yep. Uh, NFL can't stop firing coaches. College football can't stop firing coaches four or five weeks into the season. We are one-fourth of the way through. A little, a, a hair beyond one-fourth of the way through. Well, and the other way. The Premier League season. I was and, just going to say, the other way the Premier League's coming to America is you can bet on everything now. Yes, correct. That <laughs> that's too. the other way. Because that that's too. always watching. From the first time I remember watching the Premier League, I remember thinking, Seriously, do they bet on literally everything over there? And the answer yes. is a resounding yes. Yes, anytime resounding goal score, yes. first goal score, yes. final scoreline, yes. all that fun <laughs> stuff. Let's back up to Thursday, though. Uh, we'll get to Chelsea, Man United. We'll get to Liverpool and Force. We'll get to Southampton and Arsenal, the, the big results, and Spurs and Newcastle. It, it was a big weekend for the big six, often in the wrong way. But uh, Leicester City, 2-0 win over Leeds. Jesse Marsh is feeling the pressure. Major Leeds soccer took the Premier League by storm for four or five match weeks. And now I think Leeds is kind of coming back to earth to what they were last year. There's been a lot of criticism leveled against Marsh. Do we think this is fair? I I think it's pretty fair because it feels a lot like it's different. It, It looks different than what Bielsa was doing, but it's very much Jesse Marsh has one game plan. And when it doesn't go correctly, there's not a lot else Leeds can do. I don't think they really have the uh, the squad to really shake things up. They kind of can play one way, but at the end of the day, that's going to fall on Jesse Marsh's shoulders. Yeah, well, then it goes from that on Thursday to then on Sunday they lose to Fulham as well. Yeah. So you add that on top of it, and now there's a ton on his shoulders as well. I mean, that's – so they really haven't been – there hasn't been that embarrassing moment yet. For right. Um, there hasn't been that 4-0 loss to – 
mid-table Everton or something, or there hasn't been that, uh, you know, the Manchester United moment at Brentford right. this year. Right. There hasn't been anything like that for Jesse Marsh. The closest but on the thing, other side of one with Chelsea coming to town. That's true. That's true. The closest thing to that, though, was Sunday against Fulham. Yeah. Uh, they don't have any business losing at, losing at home to Fulham, especially giving up three goals to a side like Fulham at home. So that was that was a uh, – and listen, now what I worry about for Jesse Marsh is, for lack of a better term, that ass kicking might come this weekend. Right. Because right. they travel to Anfield, and they can't be real happy no. over at Anfield right now. And this – much like Rangers got the wrath in, in uh, Champions League a few weeks ago, this strikes me as one of those where Leeds, if they go out and don't believe in the game plan and try to kind of, you know, half-ass what he's asking them to do, it's going to get real bad real fast. Well, and, and with the pressing style that he wants to play and all that stuff, the for a lot of the teams of Leeds stature this year in the Premier League, what we would say is, you know, it would be really if he can just hang on to the World Cup, Leeds is going to sit back. And they're going to be well rested. So those teams that normally kind of fall off a cliff because they don't have the depth, not going to happen. Oh wait, the core of the press is going to be run into the ground by Greg Berhalter. Right. Now right. on the bright side for Leeds, they're probably going to play three games in Qatar. Well, that's and then true. be home. That's true. Yeah. So that's true. That's neither here nor there. And that's it's going to be one way traffic in that one. Is those three games as well? No. Here's here's the other thing that he's got going against him. You say just make it to the World Cup break, right? At Liverpool. Bournemouth and Wolves, but then at Spurs. Those yeah. are the four matches before the World Cup. And then, oh, by the way, they come out of the World Cup, and the first match out of the World Cup is Man City at Ellen Road. So, you know, do you really want to come out of the World Cup break, play Man City with Jesse Marsh if you don't 100% believe in him? That's why I think if they do make a move, it happens after a loss on Sunday or yeah. on Saturday this week. Yeah, it, it'll be. I think if he makes it through this weekend, he's probably going to make it to the World Cup break. Yeah, it'll be really fascinating. Leeds currently sitting in 18th in the relegation zone on nine points. They do have a game in hand over Leicester, who's one, one spot above them in 17th, only two points behind Leicester. I really think, and this might not be fair to Levy against him, but he needs six points out of this last four before the break well, to and feel I, really good. Also, I also, I think it's worth noting, and this is this is why we always talk about how quick things change in the Premier League. Part of it is that Leicester have lost their last four in the league. The other part of it is, or the, excuse me, Leeds have lost their last four. The other part of it is Leicester have two wins and a draw in their last right. three. Uh, Southampton have a win and two draws in their last three. Aston Villa just got a win over the weekend to jump out of the relegation zone. So not only are Leeds hitting a poor skid of form right now, but they're doing it at the absolute worst time where everyone around them is moving the other direction. Yep, absolutely. Basically, they're making bogeys right. on a course that's easy right now right. and falling down the rankings. That Villa team that you mentioned, they got pants by Fulham, which shout out to Fulham, by the way. Uh, shout out to Willian for, for returning and looking like the Willian of old for at least 20 minutes at a time. Fulham, 3-0 over Villa, which of course led to the sacking of Steven Gerrard. Uh, some might say that uh, Villa had slipped down the standings, uh, which they did. And on the weekend, the new manager bounced. Villa let off the leash. 4-0, just a, a drubbing of Brentford. And then the big news coming out of that as well is that Unai Emery, welcome back. Welcome back, Unai. To the Premier League. You How ever had Uni? No. You never had Uni? No. Sea Urchin Row? No. It's really good. Every Sounds time I good. think of Unai Emery, I think of Uni, which is delicious. Pretty much anything that comes out of the ocean, I'm with. Yeah, uh, there's, it's pretty good. There's not a ton outside of just straight seaweed that uh, has what? come out of the ocean that I haven't been a fan of. What do you make of that appointment? I, I think that it's good work by Villa to... I know that they're a club with stature and with history, but what Villa have been the last, geez, five, six years at least... Getting an Unai Emery is, first off, shout out to the Premier League TV deal for being able to unload a ton of money at somebody like that. And secondly, I think Emery's a really good coach. I don't think he's an elite coach, which is why I don't think the Arsenal experiment worked. But if Villa's patient, they have the pieces. They they have players that can play an expansive brand of soccer against the mid-table and, and bottom feeders in the Premier League. And I think that Emery's a guy that... We've seen in Spain when he's in the second fringe third tier, he goes and wins Europa League. He stays in Champions League qualification, stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, when you say second third tier, you don't mean second 
second correct, correct. Like, league. Uh, you don't mean the B league. Right. I mean, you not mean, the Barcelona, yeah, not exact, the Real Madrid, exact, not Atletico Villarreal is right, what you're correct, talking about. Sevilla, Villarreal. Which, by the way, Villarreal was one of the great stories of all of soccer last year. Yes. The fact that they were able to uh, make such a deep run in Europe for a town that, what is it, like 50,000 people or something right, like that? Just much. a little tiny town with their own with their own club. So, I, I don't know. I think if you... I think if you are someone who came into the Premier League five years ago, Unai Emery doesn't seem like a great appointment to you because what right. you know about him is Arsenal. I think he got kind of stuck in that toilet drain that was Arsenal at the time of everything being flushed down and recycled for something new. And I think he got caught up in the middle of it, honestly. I think he's a good manager. Um, do I think, you know, he's going to like go from there to Man United and be the next great thing. No, but I think he's right. the perfect type of manager that you would like to get at a villa that may stay around there for a couple years. Yeah, yeah, for sure, especially with the pockets that the Premier League have. All right, let's round table, roll through it. Big six. We had Forrest with the 1-0 upset over Liverpool. We had Chelsea and United's really, really boring 1-1 draw that we could yeah, get into. It was boring, truthfully. Yeah, well, and that, and that's what those two clubs have done pretty much the last four well, or five years. When Mourinho was in charge, they did it a right, whole lot. Right, but it's, it's specifically when they play each other. Sure. Like, I think you can tell that those are two clubs that have all the juice to be in the Champions League fight as fourth. Right. 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 But when they come up against each other, the the reason that they're not in the title fight, that, that it's pretty obvious. That moment of magic that is consistently produced in the final third, it's blatantly obvious yeah. when those two teams play. I would agree with it that. was a pin and a millimeter off a header off of a save that was kissed off the post. You know what I mean? Sure. It's not like it was brilliant goals, individual effort, a time attacking. City three one winners over Bournemouth, which or Brighton, excuse me, which um it in itself seems fine, cool, whatever, but when you pair that with Southampton and Arsenal's draw and then Spurs getting run off the field at home. Erling Holland scored two more goals. I don't know yes. if you were aware or not, but he scores goals he, a lot. He just keeps going. Of that, of the top six, what was the biggest result, the biggest result this weekend that you think will shape how the Premier League, the run into the World Cup will? Uh, what will shape it? I would say the Arsenal result probably is the biggest one because it is the first time, I think, where Arsenal probably feel... A little bit like they deserve to be in first and start to feel a little bit of nipping at the heels from right. City behind them. Because I think right now they felt like they were playing with house money. And now like right. everyone's starting to believe maybe this is the year. And you wonder if players and people around the team are starting to believe that. And if they do, sometimes you have performances like the one uh, on, when was that, Saturday or Sunday? I think it was Sunday when they played Yeah, that was Sunday for Arsenal. Uh, but yeah, I, I would say that's the biggest one as far as what it means for the entire league. However... I love the Nottingham Forest Liverpool result, and not for any reason of I hate Liverpool. Oh, I'm not a huge fan. If I'm being totally honest with you, but it's the perfect explanation to people of why we love soccer. Liverpool just beat Man City, right? And then they go to Nottingham Forest and they play in front of a bunch of crazy people who don't care that Liverpool just beat Man City. That know that they just have to get one chance and take it, and then set up a wall. And Dean Henderson makes a couple of saves. He looks goofy in his little cap he's wearing. He gets the mobbed goofiest. by the fan. Like it was everything you love about Premier League soccer. All of that following last week when you saw a completely different look of right. everything we love about Premier League soccer, right? And all of that just for Forrest to pull level in last place. Right, like right now, right. Forrest, yeah. Wolves, and Leeds are all joint last. That's another thing that makes Jesse Marsh look worse, right. too, that Forrest won. With nine points. Now, again, Leeds has a game in hand on the two clubs behind him and basically everyone up to Crystal Palace in 13th place. So, a little bit of leeway for Leeds suddenly if you if you win the game in hand, all that stuff, yada, yada. But also thought Newcastle Tottenham I, that's what I was, was big. Say. There was a lot of VAR controversy over the weekend yeah, as well. We for, can always VAR it up in the last can. segment. But for me, Newcastle and Spurs, that, that was the big result because Newcastle was a team that, that you have pegged preseason. If you go all the way back to our preseason predictions as a team that would be fighting for spots in Europe, this was another opportunity for them to go away from their home ground, head into a top-six side, and they played Spurs off the pitch. It was it was not yep. close. Whether we want to talk about the VAR, if the first goal should have stood or not, all that stuff for, for Newcastle, that was Spurs not... Spurs did not play well. That was truthfully. not a close contest. That was a... Miguel Almiron has been great this yes. year for Newcastle, too. He's yes. come out of nowhere. Well, he came out of Atlanta, so we well, for the A. 
I'm talking about compared to but how yeah, he performed correct. last year. He's come out of nowhere. Correct. And and he, he's been what he was in Atlanta, where it's just like relentless, like the Energizer Bunny, and then he just pops up in, in spots for, for Newcastle. And I think that that shows that, hey, there's a lot of questions about what's going on. When you look at Liverpool, will always be in the top four race because they've got the quality. They keep stubbing their toe. But it seemed like it was five, right, at, above Liverpool. And it was the big six, and that's what you thought. Well, Newcastle's throwing their weight around up there. They're currently sitting in fourth. They're ahead of Chelsea, only on goal difference. Chelsea have a game in hand. That's fine. But Newcastle show, when you can go grab a result like that at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium, you're there to be in the fight. Yeah, no doubt. No, I think between that and the 3-3 draw they had with City earlier this year, they're showing that they are right there. Just a matter of doing it consistently week in, week out. That's a hard thing to put together. Like even Pep needed a couple years to put that together at For City sure. with all the talent they have when he came in. So it'll be interesting uh, to see what they do in January. Yeah, that's what I was exactly what I was gonna say. I think they will be big buyers in January. They, and they've been. I think United might be sellers with Ronaldo. I would say shrewd's <laughs> not the right word, but they've been really intelligent with, yeah. with, with of being realistic of what targets you could target in January. Get after. I've been really impressed with. It's one thing to be rich like yeah. they are, and trust me, I'm a Man City fan. I get it. It's nice to have all the money. I I totally understand, but you got to spend it wisely, right? And look look at like Chelsea having to turn their squad over because of uh, two summers worth of terrible yep. buys, and, you, and and Man United needing to do correct. it for the last five summers and correct. still never doing it. Yeah. So, yeah, you can you can have a ton of money and be strapped because you screw up your wage structure and all that stuff. This is the soccer show here on one hundred seven seven. The franchise brought to you by Oklahoma City FC and the Broadway Clinic. That's Todd Lesby. I'm Ryan Chapman. Josh Conant on the other side of the glass. We've got the mailbag open. It's open. We had a few questions come in, but we still got plenty of time. We'll get to that at about 840 this evening at Soccer Show 1077 on Twitter. Fire in any questions you've got. Champions League, Europa League, World Cup, big picture specifics. We will do our best to wade through that. On the other side, though, as always, we get local. It was a big weekend in Norman. That was a a historic weekend in Norman. The Oklahoma State Cowgirls keep it rolling, punching their ticket to the Big 12 Championship, the Big 12 Tournament, that is, as well as our whole landscape of 405 soccer. Coming up next here on The Soccer Show on 107.7 The Franchise. The Soccer Show is on Twitter. Give us a follow at Soccer Show 1077. Gibbs White takes it. Back post. Steve Cook brings it down brilliantly. And volleys it in. It's in the Here's the corner from the left-hand side. Van Dijk's header. Oh, that's a brilliant what a save. save. What a save from Henderson. We're in the sixth minute. Yeah. Time. The referee blows. And Forrest have beaten Liverpool. What a win for the team at the bottom of the Premier League. Welcome back to the 1077 The Franchise, brought to you by Oklahoma City FC and the Broadway Clinic, where we, as always, are massive fans of in-house calls of big moments in the Premier League, just like that moment from Forrest against Liverpool. I'm Ryan Chapman, joined, as always, by my co-host, the OG in radio for Ryan, because Ryan is young, of soccer in Oklahoma City on Oklahoma City Radio, Todd Lisenby, Todd Thank you once again for putting up with me every week. Did you like that rejoin? I did. Sorry, I, did. I was taking care of something in the... It's a million degrees yeah, it's, in it's the studio. Ten, it's 10,000 degrees in the studio. It's been 10,000 degrees Ooh. all week. And our man behind the glass, Josh Connett, is the one actually suffering the most because that, on the other side, is indeed the sweatshop where all of the magic We need an engineer. Happens. Come take care of this problem. Please submit your applications. But there weren't any problems Thursday night in Norman. I was on hand as Oklahoma hosted the number 12 ranked TCU Horn Frogs. It's like a raucous environment. It was. It was. This was the first home game after um, the sellout crowd for Bedlam. Oklahoma had about 1,700, a hair over 1,700 on hand to watch the Sooners pull off their first top 25 ranked win since 2018 true freshman ellie joffroy with the winner late in that one on sunday though they did fall 3-2 to west virginia that was when they were up 2-0 in the first half and then dropped those points from a winning position but the important thing oklahoma punched their ticket to the big 12 tournament 
coming up here in a couple of weekends. Next weekend, actually, is when that kicks off. We linked up with Oklahoma soccer head coach Mark Carr to discuss the weekend and how that's going to propel this team forward heading into the postseason. We're joined by Oklahoma head coach Mark Carr here on the Soccer Show, 107.7 The Franchise. A big weekend in Norman. Coach, how are you doing? Doing good, yeah. My voice is a little bit um, um, husky, but I'm doing good, yeah. <laughs> well, understandable. Um, obviously, the big win on Thursday over TCU and then senior day coming back, uh, a 3-2 defeat to West Virginia. Let's start with that Thursday game. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we talked before Bedlam on this show about um, how big that'll be. And then obviously the fan support as Bedlam sells out and you guys have over 3,000 fans. Then another massive game bringing TCU in, ranked opponent, another incredible crowd, and the team goes out mm-hmm. there. And as a program, you pick up your first top 25 win since, since 2018. What, what, what did it mean just for the program not only to have – that performance, but also that crowd and the support that you've built uh, over this season. Yeah, I mean, it was a it was a special night, incredible night. I think it's going to be a night that that people are going to talk about for for a long time. And um, you know, for, for for us and for our our program, it, it was kind of a validation of of two years of of, um, of rebuilding, reloading, resetting, if you like, and then working towards that moment. So. Um, for us, it, it, you know, just 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 a real special night for for our student athletes, for our administration, uh, and for the fans as well. I mean, I think you know the Sooner Nation now loves <clears throat> loves soccer. I think, and um, yeah, they're into it, and it's it's really a credit to our student athletes, just the the way they play, the intensity they play with, and yeah, I think people are going to talk about talk about that for a long time. Yeah, and especially the performance itself, obviously. We talked after the match. You went down 1-0 in about the 35th minute, but the team responded. They played really well as they have all year long. But but to do that in that atmosphere against you know a, a team as talented as TCU, what, what kind of springboard can that be for the team that in those moments they look down and say, we've done this against a team like TCU, we can go out and do it again? Yeah, I mean, it just it just creates belief, you know. I just I think it creates this level of belief that, you know, we know we have talent. You know, we know we're talented, and and um, you know, a lot of respect for TCU. I mean, there's a reason that that they're they are where they are. I know it's been a long process for them to to get to to the heights that they're at, but you know, it shows what we're capable of. You know, we've recruited really well, and <clears throat> we have a lot of good talent. But but what it comes down to is togetherness and and hard work, and um, never quitting, never giving up, and and just. You know, going with everything you have and, and trying to get every inch. You know, so I think that's that's more of the message. You know, that's the message. It, it's not really about talent. Like that's my job and our coach's job and our staff's job to recruit the best talent um, we can to the University of Oklahoma. And then there's a certain demand of you know a certain expectation of of how you have to compete. You know, between the white lines and um, you know, every every game, every game is difficult, and everyone, every game, you can you can win or lose. So, um, but but it gives us confidence, you know. And, and now we've got to replicate that. And now that we've got a taste, I hope our student athletes and our program want wants more of that. <clears throat> yeah, you roll through to to Sunday, and you guys are up to nothing, and then um, the thing kind of turns on you against West Virginia. We talked after that game about kind of learning those lessons of how those. You have to defend and you have to fight in this league. How do you think that's going to kind of sink in this week with your team as you prepare to, to head to Texas and then on beyond to the Big 12 tournament? Yeah, I mean, I think, you, you know, what's interesting, there was a lot of tears and, and a lot of sadness after the game and a lot of disappointment. And I think, um, you know, I, I think Thursday night took so much out of us emotionally. And obviously I've gone back and I've watched the video of the game two or three times late last night. And, um you know, I just think it, it hurt our legs. It, it, it hurt. You know, um, the game against TCU took a lot, out, took a lot out of us emotionally and, and physically and, and mentally. And you know, if you're going to be a good team, you have to be able to do back-to-back performances. You know, so I think, you know, um, the game yesterday up to zero, um, we should really shut that game out. You know, it should really be done and dusted at two zero and. I think we gave up that goal at a critical time um, at the end of the half. And, um, 
you know, I think then in the second half, I mean, the, the conditions didn't help, but that's not an excuse. Um, we just we just start stopped doing the little little things for whatever reason, you know, like whether it, it was the, the carryover from, from Thursday or just the, the fear setting in um, and just the, the, the anxiousness setting in. But, but they're a young team and, you know, so so I think there's a lot of lessons to be learned. Like I think now going into Texas, playing against this year's 2022 Big 12 champions, it'll be a great test. We can go down there um, and really give a good account of ourselves. And, you know, but when you put it back in perspective, yeah, you heard at the end of the game, like just something that a year ago we, we weren't able to do, you know, like we would be hanging on against those teams. Um, we'd be sitting back and defending a lot deeper against those teams. We wouldn't be getting many opportunities. And a year on, it's it's just different, you know. So, like I said to the group last night, like, yes, we can be disappointed. Yes, we've got to learn. Um, but there's also perspective there, you know. It's a young team, and what they've done this year is phenomenal. And um, we've got to learn these lessons quickly because the game is cruel. It punishes you. It punishes the coaches. punishes everybody. And we got to learn quickly. And, and uh, you know, we can, we can go down to Texas and really, you know, bounce back from that, and what a great opportunity to play the the, the champions. Um, you know, that's what we want, and then then it's obviously the the Big Twelve tournament. We'll see where the seeding shakes out for that, and then it's it's single elimination. So we're talking to Oklahoma soccer coach Mark Carr here on the Soccer Show. You mentioned kind of uh, the seeding still need to shake out, but as far as from what you'd like to see, just from from your side going to Austin. Um, how, how big of a moment is this knowing that, hey, your spot in the Big 12 tournament's locked up? So is that almost freeing to go out there and say, just take it to them and just see kind of where the dice lay? Yeah, I mean, I, and that's why I said to my team yesterday, I said, listen, we could have, you know, anybody looking on paper could have looked at West Virginia and TCU and gone, hey, that's, there's no way OU's going to be able to get a result against those. And we could be going into this Texas game not knowing if we were in the Big 12 tournament. So to be able to secure that with three games to go, it, it's, it, you know, it does take the, the, the backpack of fear off you a little bit. And, and now we can, like you said, um, we can go down there and play free. And, and obviously Texas game is the most important game. That's the only game we're really focused on. And we've got to have, have an improved performance um, from West Virginia. Um, and then once we get out of that, it's it's. I, I honestly think we can compete with anybody. You know, I think we've shown that all year long. Um, you know, I think I, I I think we've got a team of talented players, and, and what it comes down to is mentality. The, the mentality to fight every step of the way, to compete, to go with everything you have. Um, so yeah, so definitely excited and and, and looking forward. And then just last one for me here. Um, this this weekend, when you look at it, right, you guys scored four goals, and it comes from four different spots. We, we've talked about the, the depth and the attack before, but as you head into not just this Texas game, but um, the postseason on beyond that at a whole, how big of an advantage is that for you that it, it makes it difficult for an opposing team to, to try to game plan for just one person since you guys can pop up and the goals seem to come from anywhere? Yeah, I mean, that, that, that's our recruiting philosophy. We want to get the best attacking players in the country. And you, you said it, Ryan, you're exactly right. I mean, if Emma if Emma doesn't score, then Brie will pop up. And if you shut her down, then Chelsea will find a way. And then, you know, Kaylee coming from deep yesterday, scoring. And, and, you know, you've got Leo as well. And set pieces, Sheridan's chipped in with a couple. And, you know, Morgan. So there's just so many, you know, so many weapons that we have. And that's 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 why we recruit talent, you know. Um but yeah, it's definitely exciting. I think I think once you get to, to championships, it's it's not only about the the goals you score, but it's also it's about the goals you concede as well. So I think going forward, that's got to be um, that's got to be kind of a, a an area where we have to get better, like deal with deal with situations and balls in our box, um, you know, balls bouncing around. We got to do better in terms of clearing that. So we'll address that this week and. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I think if we can tidy that up on the on the defensive side, and uh, we're always going to score goals. You know, I, I I don't think there's been a a game this year where we've not managed to score at least one goal, and it's it's uh you know that that's what the fans want. You know, exciting attacking football, goal scoring. Um, so yeah, so yeah, no, absolutely, you're correct. Should be a ton of fun. The the business end, the big business end has snuck up on us here, but. Uh, like we said, Thursday, 7 p.m., the Sooners head down to Austin. You can watch that one on the Longhorn Network. And then right after that, 
October 30th through November 6th. There's the Big 12 Soccer Tournament. That's down in Round Rock if you want to slide down, but if you can't make it out, that one's on ESPN Plus as well. It should be a ton of fun to watch the team, Coach, and thank you again for, for taking some time to uh, set aside and talk to us. Appreciate you, Ryan. Appreciate you having me on. That was Oklahoma soccer coach Mark Carr recapping the big weekend there. Head up to Stillwater real quick. Um, they, they had a 1-1 draw against that same West Virginia team on Thursday before OU and OSU kind of swapped opponents there. And then Texas came in on Sunday uh, to Patterson Stadium and wrapped up the Big 12 regular season championship with a 2-1 win over Texas the is good. Yeah, they're Texas really good. <laughs> they are really good. They're really good. Uh, one more for Oklahoma State in the regular season. They head down to Waco this Thursday. Uh, they should be able to grab all three of those points against Baylor as, as there's a lot of teams still jockeying for seeding there in the Big 12 tournament. Just some other local soccer here. Uh, I'm going to hit, there's a couple, te- well, one team, men's and women's, out of the Tulsa area, Bartlesville to be exact. Oklahoma Wesleyan is ranked in both the men's and women's polls in NAIA. The women ranked number six in the country. They're 15-0-1 this year. Haven't lost yet this season. Is that good? I think that's uh, good. It's pretty good. The men are 10-4-1. and one. They're ranked number 15 in the country. Mid-America Christian, uh, shout out to OCU, Oklahoma City University, drew with Mid-America. And uh, because of that draw, Mid-America fell from number two to number three this week in the NAI rankings. They did, however, with the win this week against Southwestern Christian, wrap up the uh, Sooner Athletic Conference regular season championship for, I believe, the, it's either the second or third straight year, but for another year. Uh, but yeah, so congrats to Mid-America Christian. On the women's side of it, OBU had a couple of uh, young ladies honored this week. Uh, Mia Pendleton, junior goalie. Kaylee Swainer, junior, who had two goals against SNU. They were both nominated or named uh, GAC Players of the Week uh, this last week in their conference. And UCO's soccer team, disappointing into the season for them. They finish 11-3-4 and in the regular season. They start their conference tournament this weekend, uh, the GAC, the other kind of D2 conference in the state, they start their conference tournament next weekend. But this weekend is UCOs. Because of the disappointing uh, end to the season, they fell to a five seed, which means they go on the road in the first round to lovely Hayes, Kansas. And when I say lovely, it's not lovely. That's a joke. It's terrible up there. Also brought to you by Caesar Sportsbook. <laughs> that's true. That's the best part that's of Hayes, true. Kansas. That is, yeah, that's all, the only good. And Jaron Canick, I think yes, some people would yes. say Oklahoma football fans, but... <laughs> Yeah, they head up to Hayes, Kansas. Uh, Only in the second half of games, though. <laughs> I think the Tw- way the M- snaps in the second half. Time. I think the way the MIAA tournament works is the uh, one, two, three, and four seeds all get to host first round games, right. and then I think the semis and finals go to the site of whoever the highest remaining team left is. So, gotcha. Assuming the one seed wins, they host the semis and finals. Makes sense. If they don't, the two seed hosts them both. So, yeah, UCO is going to have to be Road Warriors to uh, to uh, qualify for any more postseason. They've got to get some wins in the uh, conference tournament. So there's some local soccer for you. And again, we love covering that. And if you ever have a local soccer story that you think we need to be made aware of, hit us up on Twitter at soccer show, because we are the soccer show brought to you by Oklahoma city FC and brought in the Broadway clinic. It's crazy how the business and how the conference tournaments have just snuck up on us. It feels like we just embarked on this lovely journey together and already we are to the money end of the college soccer season. Speaking of local soccer, if you're getting geared up for the World Cup, this is this is not us being paid. Right? Just when we see cool stuff in the local soccer community, we want to point that out. Mint Apparel, which is uh, an Oklahoma company, does a ton of awesome stuff, works with the American Outlaws, all that stuff, has an incredible USA Soccer shirt that they're rolling out there. It looks like, if I read that correctly, you have until November 6th to get those orders, and we're going to retweet that. Yeah, that's that. right. They just, they just tweeted this out. We'll retweet it from the Soccer Show account, and you and I will both retweet it as well yeah. from our accounts. Uh, they've, it's available now. It's I think it's $30, the shirt is. Yeah. you can, And it's $30 bucks to either have it shipped or to come pick it up. Either one, it's $30. Bucks. Uh, you have to order it between now and Sunday, November 6th, I think, is when uh, that ends. But the hat is... the. Logo is cool. You know what it looks like? It looks like the 89ers logo, but with yeah. soccer. Yeah. With the cap over the soccer ball yeah. instead of over the baseball, and it's, I think it's a great look. It's incredible, and uh, just get you going. World Cup fever, we're under a month. They do great work, and they're big soccer fans over yeah. at Mint, so we appreciate them. Under a month. That's insane. At Soccer Show 1077 is where you can find us on Twitter. Like we said, we're retweeting that. That's also where you can tweet in any of your questions as we're going to open up the mailbag here on the other side of this break. 
at underscore Ryan Chapman at Todd on Franchise on Twitter as well. You can fire your questions there. We will read them as well as the Twitch stream, twitch.tv slash the franchise live. We've got a question in there that we'll get to because we are opening up the mailbag as well as previewing the weekend that will be coming up next here on the soccer show brought to you by Oklahoma City FC and the Broadway Clinic here on the franchise. You're listening to The Soccer Show, brought to you by Oklahoma City FC and the Broadway Clinic on 1077 The Franchise. Good dummy by Salisa. It's a great ball. Perro looks up. He could have played trip for Armstrong, but he's found Elianusi. Can he have a drive at Tomiyasu? Get a shot away. No left foot. He's Armstrong! I love those calls. That's excellent work by you. Peter Drury's great, but the the hometown calls are always a little bit better, aren't they? Yeah, they are. And they are loved here on the Soccer Show, brought to you by Oklahoma City FC and the Broadway Clinic, as we love everything hometown, which is why we try to lift up Oklahoma soccer as much as possible. Without further to do... It is the most obvious part. You can always interact with the show if you bring in questions, points, things like that. We'll always get to those. But the mailbag is the most obvious place for that. Josh, let's start on Twitch. We've got a couple of questions. As always, we're streaming live twitch.tv slash the franchise live. What do we got on Twitch? Uh, we got one from our guy Scott from Mayor. USA versus Wales. Who you got and why? Wales because the U.S. has been terrible. Same. <laughs> he- uh, no, actually, if I honestly, if you ask me right now, Pick a score for that match. I'd say nil-nil is what I would say. Correct. For I, I would say. In fact, I would predict that for Wales and Ireland, and then maybe a two-nil loss to England. Leave without Iran. You mean? Did, what did Ireland. I say? Ireland. Yeah, Iran. Uh, but yeah, I was stuck over there in the British Isles. Trip <laughs> yeah. the British Isles. Jeez, I didn't. I didn't know we were sent into the British Isles. Take division. that, Charles. <laughs> Uh, and Sir then, Charles, not in Honestly, charge. I think right now we need to play Gibraltar if we're going to have a chance. <laughs> no, I mean, the, the key will be, and going up against Wales, they play great as a team outside of the Gareth Bale yeah. conundrum. And then it, it literally becomes, can Bale produce that one moment or two? Sure. And, and so that, that'll that be the interesting thing there. The good news for U.S. fans is that Christian Pulisic has been playing a lot better. He has. It looks like Graham Potter's going to give him a little run in here. Obviously, The Aronson bad news Adams, is Burhalter will still screw it up somehow. Correct. That That is 100% correct. And, and Weston McKinney stepping back in for Juve. I know that the results haven't gone Juve's way, especially in the Champions League. But U.S. is nearing what would be full strength, except for the fact that we'll leave our... Uh, striker that is the most in fuego right now, Jordan P. Folk, at home. Of course so, we will. Because yeah, of course we will. Because just You said we had one more from Twitch, Josh? Yeah, we got one more uh, coming from Camaro67SS, man. How about my Fulham squad? Yeah, they're in fuego right now. What are they in the standings? They top 10? They... If not, they got to be right around there, right? Seven. Yeah. Seven, yeah. Ahead of Liverpool. No, they've been, uh, they've been the surprise of the season so far. I mean, I think when you talk about most surprising clubs. Um, I mean, obviously you got to throw Arsenal in there, right? right. If you're talking about most right. surprising clubs because they've been so good. But when you're talking about those teams that we thought might, like no one really ever thought Arsenal was going to be in a relegation fight. Right. But but to be pacing the Premier League still through yeah. 11 match weeks. I would say I would say three teams come to mind. Brentford, and they've tailed off a little since a great start. Uh, obviously Fulham. Fulham probably top of that list. And then I would also throw Brighton in there. Yeah. I'm, and Brighton Brighton started so well that they lost their manager. Now, they've only got two points from their last five. They are kind of holding on a little bit. But even watching them against City last weekend, you can see that they've got enough talent to finish mid-table. Yeah. They sure. shouldn't be in a relegation fight this year. Uh, on the on the back end of that, I'd also throw Leicester. I don't, th- I don't think either of us picked Leicester to be in a top four fight or anything like that. You're saying on surprising the other way. Correct. Yeah. But, but yeah. to be legitimately in a relegation scrap, not where I had the Foxes pay. I, yeah, I, I, I had them, you know, 10th, yeah. 9th. I would say Leicester is up there for most disappointing. Um, and I would also obviously throw Liverpool up there for most yeah. disappointing. And, yeah, I know they've had injuries, but still shouldn't be losing to Nottingham Forest. Absolutely. Absolutely. We'll head to Twitter. Um, Justin asked a couple 
how much bleep is Barca in? How much trouble are they in in general? <laughs> we you, haven't really talked a lot of Champions League from this week. If you missed it, oh boy, uh, Barcelona, Barcelona, before Barcelona. they kicked off. Barcelona. Barcelona. That Barcelona. might be a Europa uh, League final Yeah, we, we let Well, uh, that would be if Barcelona picks themselves off the map. Barcelona, before they even kicked off today against Bayern Munich, were eliminated from the Champions League due to results elsewhere in their group. Why does that matter other than everyone point and laugh? Well, if you're, let's get into lever talk. Let's get into some engineering. Barcelona is in financial uh, ruin, ruin, hardship, <laughs> disarray, whatever you want to call it. They literally hell. This so first off, they have outstanding millions of of euros to pay to their players already on the yeah. squad. Do do correct, <laughs> and and so basically what they did is they essentially had high risk loans leveraged against their future La Liga TV payouts, and then loans leveraged against their future Champions League TV payouts. Now the Champions League. The further you go, the more money you get. That's not a hey, you're Barcelona, you get this piece of the pie. Right? It's, if you that would it, be a super league. That would be, and uh, we don't like that. No, um, because it's stupid. Correct. And so, if you get to the group stage, you get X number of dollars paid out. If you make it to the knockout round and then get eliminated, dropped out, you get more money, more money all the way up to the final. You get the picture. So, for a team who has leveraged future loans against their Champions League payouts to not make it to the knockout stage of the Champions League. That's bad. Yeah, they're going to have to sell people. So they're going to have to sell people. I think, unfortunately, they're just going to pull more levers. And because Barcelona is such right. a... Like, here's the thing. We're, I don't want to get into too much geopolitics. Spain, not great with their money anyway. And you know what? They're not going to let fail their biggest club. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would agree with that. So No, I mean, Spain, the country... Fought like hell to keep Messi at Barcelona. Right. They fought like hell to keep Ronaldo at Real Madrid. You know, that's what they, they it's are. export. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Football exactly. tourism is legitimately uh, a. They fought like hell to get, uh, keep Neymar and yeah. then get compensated when he left, right? Yeah. So uh, as far as like, is Barcelona going to totally fold? I think that's probably a little bit exaggeration. Are they absolutely going to have to sell people? May have a hard summer. And that's a squad with a ton of problems anyway. Uh, they they could be on hard times. It'll we know who's we know who's winning the Europa League. That's already done because Sevilla were also yeah. eliminated. Correct. from correct Champions League competition so, this congrats, week. Congrats, Sevilla will at least be in the final. It'll be fun. Who do you think will win the Champions League? Also comes from Justin. Uh, that would be Manchester City. Um, they're obviously the favorite, right? I yeah, mean, I mean, and look, it's as simple as this. Erling Holland, I rest my case. I would just say this. I do think it's an interesting question to ask City fans. Would you take a Champions League title this year and nothing else? As someone who's been in that spot, yes. Yeah, I mean, yes. yes. I And I haven't been in that spot. I've seen City win everything but the Champions League title. It's the one thing they haven't done. The only thing I worry about, and this is very selfish, is I think if they win it, is Pep just going to leave the next perhaps, day? Perhaps. And he might, but it would be worth it. Well, and it, it would be worth here's it. Here's the thing, it's a it's legitimate. Like as far as that becomes a thing, I think you've seen it with Pep. I th- I truly think that's been a factor, not just City, but Pep's failure to win it without Messi at at Bayern Munich. I think that's been a factor in why he's overthought some of these things. Because we saw a couple years ago, Pep finally at City just said, you know what? I'm just going to play the best 11. Play the best right, 11. Play right. the best 11. Play the best 11. Gets the Champions League final against a Chelsea team that should not have won that. Let's forego defensive mids. Let's yeah, try to outthink yeah. this. And Chelsea just sat back and needed one moment, and they got it. So yeah. Thanks for reminding me. You're welcome. Uh, let's Real quick, Champions League. Group A, Napoli and Liverpool are through. Ajax is going to be the Europa League team. Rangers would need like to win by 12 goals or right. something. So that's not happening. So Napoli and Liverpool are both through. Napoli have been the most impressive team, period, point blank, in the Champions League group stages. Would you agree with that? Yes. 15 points from five matches, 20 goals scored, Scoring four goals, goals against. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. Four goals a match, basically. Uh, in Group B, Club Bruges are through, which is amazing. And Porto are through as well. Atletico Madrid eliminated from Group B. They're not having a great season. Uh, Group C, Bayern and Inter are through. As you mentioned, Barcelona is uh, headed to Europa League. Victoria Pelzen eliminated. Group D is the most interesting one by far. Tottenham, Sporting, Eintracht, Frankfurt, Marseille, all separated by two points. All four of them could qualify, and all four of them could finish last. Yeah, it's 
it that that'll be the group to watch. Yeah, that is the only group to watch really yeah, next week. Uh, Chelsea are through. Uh, AC Milan and Red Bull Salzburg also could get through. How does the who plays who in that group next? Uh, who does Chelsea have? Milan and Salzburg. They will, play each other. Yeah, they'll play each other. Perfect. So it's Perfect. Ba- it's basically so Chelsea, Salzburg needs a win because Chelsea's not only through; they're through in first. Right. So if, and they're playing Dinamo Zagreb, who can't get. Yeah. I guess they could get to Europa League. Yeah, they'll, but, pl- they'll play the kids. Chelsea yeah, play exactly. The kids. So uh, AC Milan and Red Bull Salzburg will be another one to watch. Uh, Real Madrid are through. Uh, Red Bull Leipzig are all but through. RB Leipzig are all but through. Uh, Man City and Dortmund are through in their group. Sevilla, as I mentioned, to the Europa League. PSG and Benfica are through in the last group. And Juventus are going to need a result to... Uh, I guess they, they have the goal difference uh, lead, but they're going to need a result against Maccabi Haifa. Is that who they play? Uh, I need to look at sure. that schedule. Not because sure. they are tied at the bottom of that group yeah. with one win and four losses. It's, it's been tough sledding for Allegra Good. We got two more questions real quick in the mailbag before we preview the Premier League weekend. Last one from Justin. How much longer do we think Arsenal keeps pace with City? Mm. It, that's a tough one. Um, I would say probably until the World Cup break. Well, I know Arsenal have Forest this week, and, and I then, think at at the Emirates, I think that'll be three points. Yeah. Then on the other side of it, here's the big thing. We've kind of talked about this being in the background. The big six are going to be impacted greatly by the World Cup. One guy who's not going to be impacted one bit, Erling Hall. Yeah, which makes it even scarier. So th- that for me is kind of when I think City will turn the. Uh, turn the corner, well, not the I'll, right word, turn it on. Maybe maybe when it officially switches from Man City in the lead or from Arsenal in the lead to Man City is November sixth. Sunday, November sixth, Arsenal travel to the bridge yeah. to play Chelsea. Uh if Chelsea can get a point out of that, I don't see a loss for City coming into the World Cup. They have what do we say, Leicester, Brentford, and Fulham, I think, coming in. So, yeah. so something to watch. Last one from Soccer Chad. Have your thoughts on the top four changed much since the preseason? Um Yes, and the fact that Arsenal, like, I still think City's going to win, and I don't think it'll be a overly dramatic title race. So in that sense, no. Obviously, Liverpool's not there. Arsenal being legitimately in a title fight is very surprising to me because I thought that they were going to qualify for the Champions League and still be a year away or two because of how young that core is. They're still, on average, of the starters, the youngest starting 11 in the Prem doing this. Uh, right now, as we sit, you know, 11, 12 matches in, which is basically, I don't know. A hair over a fourth. Yeah. yeah. Play, you play 30% in, yeah, something you play like that. Do you right now feel like Liverpool's in top four trouble? No. And I still don't. I wonder when that will will cross the threshold of feeling like they might be in top yeah. four trouble. I don't, feel, I don't feel differently about the four teams I picked, maybe a little bit. But you can you can confirm I was very high on Arsenal preseason. Yeah, I didn't think they were going to be in the lead at right. this point in the season. But I think I picked them fourth actually. But I thought they would be top four. I think I had City one, Chelsea two, or sorry, City one, Liverpool two, Chelsea three, Arsenal four, and I I still think that's very possible. I think that, but in a different order. Like maybe right. now I would go Arsenal two, Liverpool four, yeah. with Chelsea sandwiched in between. I I think for Liverpool. Am I worried about top four right now? No. The concern is not the points. It's still the number of teams they have in to front climb of yeah. to get into fourth. Because that's where it gets complicated. When you say you're only three points yeah, off and or six right. points off, that's fine. If you have to climb over seven clubs, that's right. a lot that has but, to happen in And front one of, of those is Fulham, and you would expect them to climb over Fulham. Yeah. But the other ones are all big gloves. Man United, Chelsea. We know Newcastle are going to keep spending Tottenham, Man City, and Arsenal. Those are right. the other clubs ahead of them. Right. So, so it's not like those teams are going to just be giving up a lot of points week in and week out. Absolutely. Absolutely. This is the Soccer Show, 107.7 The Franchise. Ryan Chapman alongside Todd Lizaby, brought to you, as always, by Oklahoma City FC and the Broadway Clinic. Todd, we just got a couple of minutes left. Let's turn the page and look ahead to this weekend. It's not the sexiest slate of games. It isn't. We're, we're not that here. Is, that is that's saying it like We are not going to pretend or anything like that. So let's start with our crap game of the week. We've got crap game of the week, our best game. Might be a 10-way tie What to week. watch for. The crap game of the week, we've got a lot to, to pick through. I'm going to go with Brentford and Wolves. Wolves, yeah. obviously, at the bottom. Brentford have shown that they can go out and play a little bit this year, but... Obviously, the highs of the United win, but they've kind of petered out here and not in great form, obviously coming off that forward and he'll smashing at the hands of Aston Villa. I would agree. I would go with Brentford and Wolves as the crap game of the week. 
What do you want to do first? The sneaky good game of the week? Let, yeah. What's your sneaky good game? My sneaky good game of the yeah, week? They're all sneaky good games of the week. Um, I'm going to say... I'm going to say... I'll say Liverpool leads. Yeah? And I'll say it's sneaky good for this reason. I think one of two things happens. Either Liverpool score a bunch of goals, and you have the fun of watching a bunch of goals scored, or Leeds put up a hell of a fight, and we see like a 3-2. Yeah. Right? So I'll go with that, and uh, I think if there is going to be a last stand for Jesse Marsh, it happens at Anfield. I don't think they go in there and win, but I'll say it's going to be at least entertaining. Yeah. My actual sneaky good game of the week is going to be United and West Ham. Yeah, that's not bad. Because I really think that from, especially that first 35 minutes at Stanford Bridge, plus what United did against Spurs, there's a lot of good to build on. But running into like a, a guy like Declan Rice, that, that can kind of tip the balance of what they want to do in the midfield. So that's kind of my sneaky good uh, game of the week. What to watch West Ham are starting to get some things figured out, yeah, too. Yeah, so. absolutely. Um, what, what's your what's your thing to watch this weekend? I would say the, the thing to watch is the match of the weekend, which has... You know, with West Ham, you've got an old Man United manager and David Moyes taking on Man United. You got a much fresher wound with Brighton and Chelsea coming up yeah. this weekend. So Graham Potter going back to the Amex. I would imagine he'll get a good reception. I think most Brighton fans understand that that's a job you can't really not take, right? Uh, if you're Graham Potter, but that will be an interesting one to watch because Chelsea do need to start getting more than just draws, Correct. right, left, and center. They need Correct. to start getting some results if they're going to submit their spot in the top four. And that's a place where Chelsea should go and get a result. And it's it's weird because you had management kind of clash over the Cucurella deal, but then they came out on the other side and everyone patted each other back said they were a pleasure to work with. Chelsea and Brighton, remember when uh, both teams didn't have the match, one due to the rail strike, the other due to right. uh, the Queen's funeral? Those two teams got together for a closed-door friendly, which is not what you would see between normally two hostile uh, camps at each other, so so that'll be really interesting. They have been very connected this Correct. year, though, so that makes that match have a lot of uh, zhuzh to it. Correct. That my, maybe it didn't already have. My match to watch this weekend is Newcastle and Aston Villa. Newcastle, you've got to handle the success, right, of going to Tottenham Hotspur Stadium, having an incredible showing, playing Tottenham off their yeah, home that's field. a good one. Villa still has the caretaker manager bounce. Embry going to come in. I don't know if he'll be in charge for that one. Apologies for me. Not scrolling over through that, but he'll be on hand. He'll be watching, which means everyone at Villa going to be raising their levels once again, trying to impress the new manager on hand. There, there, there's a lot of potential for wonky results this week. Yeah, I would totally agree with that, and uh, I will also say Leicester City, Man City, which is the opening match on Saturday morning, six thirty a.m. Love it, by the way. Uh, that I think I'm just going to predict. I'm not going to say City lose or City even draw, but I think Leicester will score two goals. Yeah, I think that's one of those matches where City give up a couple goals and maybe score five themselves. Yeah. But I think that will be an interesting one to wake up to and watch and have some excitement early on. It it look be very interesting weekend or it'll be very drab. Either way, it's been a great weekend I, or week for me. Listen, I packed tradable Killian Mbappe on foot, oh there you go on uh, FIFA Ultimate Team just yesterday. I, I sold him for 1.5 million coins. It's been a great week for me. Congratulations to you. I haven't got in, into the ultimate team yet. I'm still getting recalibrated with FIFA. Yeah. I have not played consistently in years. Day one was a horror show. Day two, I was dunking on like a 10-year-old. You could tell by how bad the poor <laughs> kid was. It was like 3-0 at yeah. halftime, and I was like, I got to put you're talking on. trash and then you see like in his username no. it says 12 and yeah. you're like oh that's probably the year he was born well, it was, it was like, in 2012 yeah, it was like or I, he's 12 years old one I, of the two I wasn't talking trash but I was like I got to use the subs on the Chelsea bench because I have no idea if, if right. Pulisic feels better if right I yeah, I'm, like, yeah. I'm sorry I got to put three more in my bad kid <laughs> you'll get better next time man this hour always flies by thank you to everyone who listens in like we say we podcast this every week please 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 if you enjoyed this share it with a friend who you think would like it soccer is better when you have someone to share it with and we appreciate your help as always in growing the show that's todd lisenby josh Kana, as always keeping us on air behind glass I'm thanks Ryan to mark Chapman. carr this week for joining yeah, us as thank well you to oklahoma soccer, soccer coach. coach mark carr thank you as always to oklahoma city fc and the broadway clinic and guys we will talk to you same time next on the soccer show on 107.7 the franchise